Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me real quickly in your Bibles today to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, as you're going, I want to just, I want to encourage you, maybe not make you aware of it, but just encourage you. Uh, Pastor Michelle and I were in Tulsa this past weekend and uh, uh, had some things, some uh, uh, business meetings, things that we had needed to go, board meetings that we needed to be at there. And uh, I was just encouraged by the Lord to come back and just make you aware of of the importance of uh you know what you're putting in your spirit consistently. Uh, we we've said this a lot in the Word of Faith, and we'll make the statement. You know, faith doesn't come by having heard; it comes by hearing, and that's true. That's a true statement. Um, but you know, there are things that that I consistently read. Uh, there, for instance, there are certain books by Brother Hagen. I read them every year. I go back and I read them every year. I'm, I'm working on one again that I've read I don't know how many times. Uh, because it's uh, the Bible in itself is unfolding revelation. And I'm, I'm never going to get all of it out of the Bible. Uh, but there are things that I need to, to go back. I remember uh, talking to people years ago, and when you would talk about things like faith, they would say, yeah, I, I remember I remember when I heard that. I heard that in 1972. I was in this city and I was in this church and, and Brother Copeland or Brother Hagen or whoever was saying that. And, but just being their pastor, I could tell something has slipped. You see, when, when you call somebody your pastor, that person's going to pray for you. And if that person prays for you, God's going to talk to you, to them about you. Is that, is that right? That's why I tell people, if, if your pastor comes up and, so, and goes, so how are you doing? He's not just trying to small talk, trying to find a place to get in there and pull with you. Amen? Now, my point in saying that is we have some wonderful resources out in the, the media center uh, the Lord really dealt with me about in prayer, I believe, to just encourage you, if you don't have them, if you do have them, pull them out and read them again. And the first one is uh, uh, by Charles Capps, The Tongue, A Creative Force. Uh, this is the, uh, the bestseller of Capps Ministries. Over a million copies sold of this book, The Tongue, A Creative Force. You can even get the audio book, Brother Charles reading the book on CD, uh, but you know, this, I don't know how long the book is. I've, I mean, I've read it, but I wouldn't pay attention to how long it was. But in the back of this book is the God's Creative Power series. I mean, uh, if you've got that little booklet, well, in this book, it's, it's in there as well. Uh, you might be able to read this book in one setting, two settings. But the point is, it'll encourage you, right, to keep your tongue in line with what you're believing God for. You know, you, you're, listen, your confession, 
the power of your words of your confession is like money. For instance, if uh, you take a dollar, one dollar, the denomination of a dollar, well, a hundred pennies is a dollar. Fifty nickels is a dollar, right? Ten dimes is a dollar. Four quarters is a dollar. One dollar bill is a dollar. Well, depending on where you're at with your confession, you might be believing God for something, and when you open your mouth and confess, you get a penny's worth back. You still got 99 pennies to go. Or you might get a nickel back or a dime or a quarter. But you can get to the place where you open your mouth and you get the full dollar in one saying, right? The second one is triumph over the enemy by Brother Charles as well. And he this, this was originally entitled The Messenger of Satan. And uh, it... Uh, basically talks about how overcoming the enemy's attacks, overcoming the things of, of the enemy, what, a, what Paul's thorn was and what it wasn't, all right? This is important because if, 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 if you don't watch it, you can think, you know, Pastor Michelle was talking today, and she said there are people that won't come to the altar because they don't think God wants anything to do with them. Well, who's telling them that? The devil. Amen. The, 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 the uh, uh, triumph over the enemy and then this one, I wrote this back in uh, 2020, right after, well, 2021, right after 9-11, and uh, Fear Free Living. And uh, this is actually the second edition, and uh, this is just something that the Lord had me write this for my church. And uh, the Lord told me years ago, he said, the books that you write are going to be to form a library for your church. I'm not writing books to try to get my name out there and, and get on the latest, greatest television program. I'm writing these books so you can take them home and feed on them and get the victory in every area of your life. So these are all available out there in the media center for you. You can grab them. Amen. First Thessalonians 5. Tonight we'll be talking in service about how to release your authority. And so we're excited about that. The, the Lord's given me some more insight on that. And uh, today, though, we want to start a new series entitled The Pathway to Victory. The Pathway to Victory. Now, I hope you still like it after I tell you the subtopic. Renewing the mind. The Pathway to Victory. Renewing the mind. The Lord said something to me. He said, you cannot do by willpower what requires the renewing of the mind and the revelation of who you are in Christ. You cannot do by willpower what requires the renewing of the mind and the revelation of who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, the Apostle Paul makes his statement by the Holy Spirit, and he says, and the very God of peace, now he, to put it in the proper context, He's encouraging the church at Thessalonica about what to do, what to do in their assembly. All right, he says in verse 15, don't render evil for evil. Follow what is good among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil and, all right, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit 
and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Spirit and soul and body. Oh, hallelujah. This, this is so important that I understand this. That I understand man is three parts. I understand that I'm three parts. If I'm, now, now, all of us are a spirit. If, if you're here and you're not born again, you're still a spirit. You're just an unregenerate spirit. Your spirit is dead in sin. All right? If you're born again, your spirit is alive unto God. Amen? Amen? So whether it is an unbeliever or a believer, we're all spirit beings. All right? In the, in the unbeliever, the, the, the soul and the body have the ascendancy. In the believer, the spirit is to have the ascendancy, and by the spirit, control the flesh through the help of the renewed mind. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So important. Brother Hagen, when he was pastoring early in his ministry, he talked about, uh, you know, back in, in, in those days in Pentecostal circles, uh, they had regular deliverance meetings. And he said, you know, we would have deliverance meetings and everybody would come and get delivered. You know, Christians would come and get delivered. And he said, then the attendance would start to wane, so we'd have loosening meetings. And he said, and everybody that got delivered, come get loosed. He said, then attendance would start to wane, and we'd have getting free meetings. And he said, everybody that got delivered and got loose would come get free. And he said, I started talking to people, and he said, I'd be in their home. I'm their pastor, and I'd be visiting with them. And I'd see that all the people that had come and got delivered and loosed and freed were still bound. And he said, and I went to the Lord, and I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, why, why are these people still bound? I mean, I'm laying hands on them. They're, I mean, you know, Brother Hagin said we were having a high-heeled time. You know, just, he said, we saw all kind of manifestations, some you'd believe and some you wouldn't believe. But the Lord said this, because you're trying to do by the laying on of hands what only the Word can do. You're, you're trying to get it to them by laying on of hands and only the Word can do it. Laying on of hands will not renew your mind. It'll help you. It'll aid you. It is a, a Bible doctrine from Hebrews 6, the laying on of hands, but it will not renew your mind. That's why you see people, they'll come to church, and they'll come up and they'll have hands laid on them, and things will be clear for a couple days, right? And then then that fog starts trying to come back, and they get into this pattern. Now, don't misunderstand me. They get into a pattern of, I got to get back to church and get hands laid on me. No, no. You got to get in the Word and renew your mind. Because when you renew your mind, when you renew your mind, you shut the major door that the enemy tries to come through. And then when you renew your mind, Enemy access is denied because that's where, that's where he comes. Listen, people say the devil works through your flesh. No, he doesn't. He works through your mind. He's got to work through your mind to affect you. Are you following me? 
This body, this, this flesh case that you have, it is not moral or immoral. It does whatever your renewed mind or unrenewed mind gives it the signal to do. And if, if, if my mind is being controlled by my spirit in the sense that my mind is renewed to the Word of God and my spirit has the greater effect on it, I'm going to do those things that please God. Oh, hallelujah. But if my, if, if my mind is unrenewed and it's moved by feeling, it's moved by desires, it's moved by ungodly things, then that's the route my flesh will go down because the mind is in control. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? So in order to walk in complete victory that Jesus brought us, Mind renewal through the Word is an absolute necessity. Absolute necessity. Amen. Glory to God. And, and, and it'll help your spiritual growth immeasurably to know the difference between your spirit and your soul. All right, when you talk to a lot of people, they'll tell you they think the spirit and soul are the same. But the spirit and the soul cannot be the same because, number one, Paul listed them separately, spirit and soul and body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So man is three parts. Glory to God. Number one, man is a spirit. And I'm going to use the, the phrase the believer because I'm talking to the church. The spirit is the part of the believer that's alive unto God, filled with the life of God. So my spirit is alive unto God. Now, here, here's, here's a caution. And I've got a good church, but I, I have to caution you. You may know these things. You may have heard them before. But if you just give mental assent to it, that's not going to change your life. What's going to change your life is when you go, okay, I'm a spirit. My spirit is alive unto God. With my spirit... I contact God. With my spirit, I contact the spiritual realm. Right? God doesn't talk to your mind. People say, God spoke to my heart. No, he didn't speak to your heart. He spoke to your spirit. If, if you're saying heart in the sense of your spirit, the core of you, yes. But we got to make un understand, God speaks to my spirit. He doesn't speak to my mind. You've never, listen, unless you've heard the audible voice of God, and I'm not, I'm not sure that we hear the audible voice of God, but it's just so loud in our spirit, it sounds audible. But either way, if you heard the audible voice of God, you would have heard it with these ears. But I'm going to say unequivocally, 99.999999% of the time, God does not speak audibly. He talks to you in your spirit. What can hinder God being able to con communicate with me in my spirit, an unrenewed mind. Because that's the filter. That's the filter. The first thing that God, that God had to begin to work with any of us on was renewing our mind, what, to who we are in Christ, what belongs to us in Christ, right? Remember when you first heard the term that you were righteous, that you were the righteousness of God in Christ. And for some of you, it might, what, me, right? You knew you, you right? You knew you, 
And so you knew that if you were anything, you were not righteous. Right? And it was a process of mind renewal. And until you came to the point that your mind was renewed to that, you were up and down and in and out and struggling. But the moment you figured out I'm righteous with God, I am in right standing with God, I was crucified with Christ, that old man has died, I I don't have a dual nature, I don't have a sin nature and a God nature, that old nature was put to death and the God nature came to live on the inside of me, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, I have the DNA of God on the inside of me, and you started renewing your mind to that, when the devil popped his ugly head up, you took authority over him and said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I'm not a sinner, I'm born again, right? Because your mind was being renewed. Oh, hallelujah. Then he said, the soul the emotional realm, the mind, the will, the intellect, the seat of the emotions. So the spirit and the soul are different. Amen. My soul, my emotions, my will can be affected by what's going on around me, what I'm going through, what I'm facing. It's the feeling realm. Hallelujah. Then the body is the physical realm. Throughout the Bible, it's called the flesh. And here's the thing. It's neither moral or immoral. It does nothing on its own. It acts as it's directed. Somebody will say, my flesh is out of control. Mm, Your mind's unrenewed. An unrenewed mind will lead to out-of-control flesh. A renewed mind leads to flesh under control. Oh, hallelujah. Do do, do you see that? This is so important. Because because I have found that probably 90% of what a lot of people are calling the devil is just an unrenewed mind. Because yet the, the the devil fights. We have an adversary. He's he's against the things of God. But there's nothing he can do about it when I renew my mind and exercise my authority according to the Word of God. Am I helping you? For the believer who will allow their spirit to be in control, their spirit will work through their renewed mind and control the body. Oh, glory. The key here, though, is that the mind is renewed. That's the key. The mind is renewed. A carnal Christian simply a Christian whose mind's not renewed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's important to understand that when I was saved, my spirit was saved, but my soul wasn't. My soul wasn't. And, and if the church doesn't talk about renewing the mind, then you have all those questions. Well, why that, why's that guy acting like that? I thought he was saved. Well, he is saved, but he doesn't have a renewed mind. Because that's my thought processes, right? That, listen, there are things you do, and we call it without even thinking about it. Oh, we're thinking about it. We're just so used to thinking about it. That way we just do it. Right? Everything is thought about, whether you recognize it or not. 
Hallelujah. But when I was born again, my spirit was saved. I was saved. My spirit was saved, but not my soul. That's so important because what many believers are attributing to Satan is just their minds not being renewed. Hallelujah. Each part of the believer is separate, and each part of the believer affects the other part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? And so when I get born again, if, if you were in a, in a good Bible-believing church, you got saved, you got born again, you got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started teaching you to renew your mind, your ability to walk in victory was much greater than somebody that was born again and then taught, well, now just hold on till Jesus comes or hold on till you go to heaven and the devil's going to fight and he's going to kick you in the head and knock you around, beat you up, and you just hold on <laughs> without giving me any victory, right? I mean, I, right? You know, if, right? I mean, if, you, if, if you're hanging on to a rope over, over a, 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 a drop-off and somebody comes and, and they can help you, and they just look at you and say, brother, hold on. What do you think I'm doing? I need some help. Right? Throw a brother a, a stick or something. Help me. Hallelujah. This is important because each part affects the other part. And so I get born again, and immediately my spirit wants to begin to transform things in my life. Is that right? There were things when you got born again, you just stopped. You just quit doing them because your spirit was able to communicate with you however you want to say it. That's not right. That's not godly. You don't need that, whatever the case may be. Amen. Well, then what had to happen? Then the process of mind renewal had to start, right? And, 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 I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, but, but we will get there. It doesn't have to be, a, it doesn't have to be something you struggle with. You, you just have to let your mind be renewed by the Word of God. Just got to let it happen. I'll have to put the Word in me, but as I put the Word in me, the Word, which is a living thing, which is incorruptible seed, that Peter said you were born again, not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible seed, even by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. And so when you put the word of God into your spirit, it begins to transform every area of your life. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. I'm telling you, what I'm preaching to you today is not a bunch of who shot John. It's, it's just... I'm t it, it'll make a freight train take a dirt road. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Th this, amen. Woo! Because James, you know, when James said, be doers of the word, you do realize what that was in the, in the response to and in the context of. Receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. And then he said, and be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own self. 
so receive the word that can save. Notice, it does save your spirit, but he said it can save your soul. What was the problem there in the book of James? They were lying to each other. They were not living right. They were doing things that were wicked. And Paul and James said, receive this word that can save your soul and then be doers of the word that you're hearing. He said, if you don't, you're going to deceive yourself. See, I can deceive myself into thinking I'm okay, or I can deceive myself into thinking there's no hope. Just my lot in life. Nobody just has a lot in life. My lot in life is subject to change by how much I renew my mind. Oh, glory to God. Are you with me? James 1, let's run over there. We were, we were talking about Brother James. <laughs> Am I helping you at all? I may not get all through this, even this first part today. I don't have to. I'll be here again. Oh, glory. I've been invited back. <laughs> Y'all heard that. So he says, verse 21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now when he talks about superfluity of naughtiness, that just means overflowing of wickedness. Now you would think, why would you have to write to a church and say, put away from you overflowing wickedness. Now, that might not be the whole church, but somebody is overflowing in wickedness. But, but notice, I, I want you to see something. Verse 2 of chapter 1, my brethren. So he's writing to brethren, not writing to the world. There, listen, there, not one of the epistles is written to a sinner. None of them. None of them. The only thing written to the sinner in the entirety of the Bible is repent. That's it. Paul never wrote an epistle to a sinner. Never did. The epistles, all of them, are for the growth of the church. And he says, brethren, I want to help you. You got to lay, now, now this is so important, because how do I do this? How do, how do I lay this apart? Do I lay this aside by my willpower? Do I do it by just gritting my teeth and making it happen or just white-knuckling it until I do it again? The Lord already said to us, he said, you cannot do by willpower what requires the renewing of the mind and a revelation of who you are in Christ. You can't do it. No, no, matter, no matter how you try to do it in yourself, it won't happen. Amen. Why? Because, because when he talks about this overflowing of wickedness, he says you need to lay it aside. It, that means to put it off, to cast it off, to put it away, or to lay it down. Now, how, how do I do that? I got to renew my mind. He says put it off. Remember Paul said in Ephesians, he said, I, 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 I exhort you to Put off the old man. And then in between that, he said, and walk in love one with another. Next verse, and put on the new man. Put off, put on. 
I got to do that. But I can't just do it in my flesh. Tell you what, I'm putting this off. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, I did it again. Right? That's what Paul was talking about in Romans 7. The thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't want to do, I'm doing. Right? And what did he say? He said, who will deliver me from this body of death? What was the body of death? This in and out and up and down, trying to live for God and failing and making a mistake, and I I don't find any power to do this. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's, That's how I can do it. The Word, Jesus, is the Word, the living Word. The living Word is what renews your mind. Amen. Well, I know Jesus died for me and and gave me victory and gave me authority. That's not enough. you got to renew your mind to use it. Knowing something is not enough. I've got to renew my mind to use it. Oh, glory. So James lets us know we have a part in this. i got to do something with my soul. I got to do something with my soul. Amen. Brother Hagen told a story. He would always tell this story. Back in, in the days of the Depression, when, when he was a young man grow, uh, in, in the town that he grew up in, there's a, a very wealthy man there. And back then, they, they didn't use a lot of banks. And so all the people in the town would come and get loans from this man. And even the church in the town came and got a loan. And, you know, he'd charge them a little interest and make a little money off of it. But, I mean, a season came and the crops failed and nobody was paying their notes. And even the church said, well, he won't foreclose on us, you know, because we're a church. Well, he did. Came and called their note. And they didn't have it, and he took it. And other farmers, they, they, they couldn't get a crop. They quit even trying. And he just foreclosed on them one by one. But there was one guy, he was going through the same thing. He was going through the same situation. But he got up every morning, amen, and went to work. He'd, he'd, go, he'd go make him some whitewash paint and whitewash his fences. He'd get out the sling blade and, and take the weeds away from his fence row. He'd, he'd nail the shutters back up, fix the porch. And one day that guy came to him and, and tapped him on the shoulder He said, I want to give you something. Gave him the deed to his farm. Now, can you figure out why he got the deed and everybody else didn't? Because he did something. When you see people that are victorious in their Christian walk consistently, they are doing something instead of just sitting waiting on the Holy Ghost to take care of things. We're we're, we're not just sitting around singing kumbaya. Pass this way, Jesus, pass me not, oh, blessed Savior. He's not going to pass you. He he can't pass you. He's in you. He's not touching you and me from the outside anymore. He's touching us from the inside. He's in us. He lives in us. Glory to God. And when the mind's not renewed, the mind will try to convince you that you need something besides just the Word, that you need something besides just what you have on the inside of you. Well, i got to do something. 
He said, I got to lay it off. But here's the thing. That's not the struggle that religion tries to make it out to be. Right? He's, he, said, he said, be done with that. Lay it down. Right? I mean, how hard is that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. He said, put it away from you. Put it away from you. Then how do I keep it? How do, how do I keep it away from you? I get in the word. Uh-uh, sin will not have dominion over me because I'm not under law, but I'm under grace. I do not yield my members as weapons to unrighteousness, but I yield my members as weapons of righteousness unto God through Christ Jesus. And therefore, sin has no dominion over me because I'm not under law, but I'm under grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You're, You're putting it away, and your mind is being renewed. Is that is that right? Oh, glory. God's helping us. This starts by how? Receiving with meekness the engrafted word. How do you receive the word? With meekness. Humility. It doesn't matter if you now you don't have to say it out loud. But you know, if if you're in church and boy, the, the word just, you know, the word just reads your mail. Just right there, sitting right there, go, I receive it. I receive it. Lord, I humble myself and I receive it. Amen. See, when people go, oh, I've heard that, that's pride. They just did, they did not receive what was just said. Amen. You know, I, I've traveled with my pastor a lot, and I sit on the front row, and I'm a people watcher. Not a people critic, but a people watcher. And I'll watch people that I know good and well. They know everything he's saying. They, they, they need everything he's saying. And they'll sit there like they know it all and don't have anything that he's talking about. I want to get up and just go shake them real good and say, you just need to renew your mind and sit there and take notes. Don't say amen one more time. Just take notes and renew your mind. Don't jump, shout, run, squall. Don't do it. Just read. Read and take notes and renew your mind. Man, he said something one time that was so simple to me. We were in uh, Dodge City, Kansas at uh, uh, Brother Jim uh, Ames Church. And he said this. And, and, you know, I've heard this I don't know how many times. But have you ever heard something for maybe the 1,500th time? And there's like, whoa. And he said, it's very simple. He said, it's very simple to determine what is God and what's the devil. He said, take a yellow notepad and draw a line down the middle And if it steals, kills, and destroys, it's on this side. And if it brings life and life everlasting, it's on this side. If it's on this side, it's God. If it's on this side, it's the devil. He said, that's how simple it is. Well, I knew that. But right there, my notebook, I drew a line down the middle and wrote what he said. It, it impacted my, I knew that, but it impacted my life. I've learned to sit and receive because every church service you come to, your mind is being renewed. Your mind is being touched. Amen. Because when it says receive with meekness, 
being grafted word, it's the word, it means implanted, the inborn word, implanted words. The Thayer lexicon says that that word is implanted by reading, it's implanted by study, and it's implanted by somebody else preaching the word to you. Glory be to God. Am I helping you so far? Say out loud, the word has been implanted in my spirit. Try that. Try that with your neighbor. Say, the word has been implanted in your spirit. And, and he says, he says, do that in a humble way. The 20th century New Testament says this. And in a humble spirit, receive that message that's been implanted in your hearts. So I have to do something. I have to lay aside. James says wickedness. I have to receive the word. Hallelujah. I remember one time I was ministering our Bible study in the county jail in uh, Johnson County, Kansas. And there was an old man that, that came there. He was, in, he was in jail every six months. And, and, he, and he was there because he, he had an alcohol problem. And he'd get drunk and beat his wife up. And they put him back in jail. And he'd, he'd stay in the county jail for six months or a year. And then he'd, he'd be out, and six months later, he'd be back. And that, that was a puzzle to me because, he, boy, he would come to all of my Bible studies, substance abuse, all of them, packed out. And one day I figured out why. I was talking about being born again, and he raised his hand. He said, I don't agree with that born again business. He said, that's not even in the Bible. Well, you know, it always gets me when, when these guys that don't know anything about the Bible tell you what's not in the Bible. And so I took him to a few scriptures. I said, well, Jesus said you had to be born again. You know what he said? I, found, I figured the problem out. You know what he said? I was never taught to be born again in my church. Do you know we got him born again? And he didn't come back. What happened? His mind just needed to be renewed. The only thing standing between a person and their healing is renewing their mind where healing is concerned. The only thing standing between a person and prosperity is renewing their mind where prosperity is concerned. The only thing standing between a person and a victorious Christian walk is renewing their mind where they're standing in Christ is concerned. It's so simple. God did not make it hard. I remember years ago when technology first started being what they call plug and play. You remember, you remember when, when, when things first began to come out and they, and they had different programs? And I remember when Windows, what, 95 came out. And, you know, you could buy a computer, but none of the software was on it. So the computer was what? Relatively cheap. But what did you have to buy? The software. Because you had to download the software. And the software made everything easier. Is, is that right? You get born again, you got the external hardware components. You got the operating system. But you got to download the software. And once you download the software, everything gets easier. Everything gets easier. And now we got plug and play. Software comes on everything. You, you buy a new laptop, you buy a new, uh, a, a new desktop, and I mean within moments, minutes, you're up and running. 
Amen. That's how it's supposed to be for the believer. Get saved, get filled with the Holy Spirit, get in the Word, get plugged in, and get that mind being renewed. Amen. Well, that, that, that guy, that preacher, that Christian, they got an ugly attitude. They just need their mind renewed. Don't be mad at them. You get mad at them, you need your mind renewed. <laughs> now, I can talk about this because I've had to grow through that. There, there's a time a few years ago I wouldn't preach about that because I was... I'd get so far. You know, it's like the Baptists. You know, they, 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 used, they, they used to preach on, you know, they wouldn't preach on 1 Corinthians 12. Then they'd get over there and preach real hard on 1 Corinthians 13. But then they couldn't preach on 1 Corinthians 14 because yeah. it was adverse to their position. Yeah. So, you know, when you're dealing with things and you're, and you're, you're preaching, you want to preach what the Word says. I'm, I'm not going to preach on that real hard because <laughs> especially if your wife's sitting in there, oh, Jesus. My dad used to be preaching on things, and my mother would look at him and just like this, and I thought, yeah, he's working on that. Yeah, he's working on that. Praise God. Amen. So I have to receive the Word. Why? The Word has the power to save my soul. See, that's, that's where we've made a mistake. We'll say, well, so many souls got saved last night. If they got born again, that's what happened. They got born again, but their soul did not get saved. Because their soul's not saved till their mind's renewed. And what happens a lot of times is people get saved and then there's no discipleship. There's nobody helping them renew their mind. Amen? That, that's, that's one of the reasons we're working on different things. Uh, uh, you, some of you in here might have got a call from Pastor Ron. We're, we're working on, on our life, on our home groups, our life groups. What, what is that part of discipleship? People get born again. People need fellowship around the Word. They need fellowship with other believers. What happened? They're getting discipled. They're, they're getting their minds renewed by the power of God. You know, a young married couple can come and watch a couple in our church that's been married for a good number of years that knows how to love one another and love, love each other the way that Christ loved the church, and their mind can start being renewed by watching that couple live out the Word of God in front of them. Amen. Don't ever take that for granted. You've been saved as long as you've been saved, not to just come and pay tithe. You've been saved as long as you've been saved to help other people renew their mind to the Word of God. Oh, glory. Mm. The Moffat translation says, the Word of God is with power to save your soul. So my soul's the mind, the will, and the emotions. When he said to save your soul, the Word is to deliver, to heal, to make whole, or preserve. That's so powerful. So if, if I need deliverance in my mind, notice what he did not say. He didn't say, come and have hands laid on you and you'll get deliverance in your mind. He said the Word can deliver your mind. Now you might get hands laid on you to get you started. That's the jump start. Amen. You know, back when cars had plugs and points? <laughs> I used to have a lot of alternator problems. Well, you know, the battery, what does the battery do? Kicks the car off, and then what runs the, 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 the car, the engine? The alternator. 
So you come up and you have hands laid on you for something you're dealing with in your mind. That's the kickstart. That's the jumpstart. You'll get immediate help. Now go home and get in the Word. Go home and get in the Word. Because that was the beginning. Get in the Word. Your soul will be saved. What, what does that mean? See, your soul will be delivered. Your soul will be healed. Your soul will be preserved. So not only will it deliver you, heal you, and make it whole, it will preserve it in that state. Glory to God. Sorry, I got all the kids waving at me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Glory. So God starts working on your mind through the Word, and then He keeps it there. No up and down. Not this way today and this way tomorrow. Freedom. Amen. Glory. Look at Psalm 19.7. See, as I feed on the Word, that's the effect on my mind. You don't have to, to go here, but 1 Peter 1.22 uh, says, you purified your soul by receiving the Word. See, that places the responsibility on the believer to do something with their soul. Hallelujah. But that's also the supernatural power of the Word. I, I received the pure Word of God. And what happened? I purified my soul. Amen. Folks, you, you, listen, you can fast about things that are going on in your mind, and I'm not saying you don't need to fast. We do need to fast. All right? I, I, I say this just by way of teaching. I fast regularly. But here's the point. Here's the point. I'm not fasting to try to do something that the Word says, the, that, that the word says only the Word can do. Amen. Fasting puts you in a position to more readily accept what's in the Word. And if I'm fasting and not giving extra attention to the Word, I'm just going hungry. Hallelujah. This is important. Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect. What's it do? Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The word converting, it means to restore, to refresh, or to repair. And so the word restores or repairs the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, the activity of the will, and the activity of the character. The word repairs that. No matter what the activity of your will was before you were born again, when you got born again, the word will change the activity of your will. And it will change the activity of your character. The word will. There'd be a lot less rebuking the devil if people would learn to renew their minds with the word. Oh, hallelujah. A change in character is the result of the renewed mind. The Lord said something to me. He said, the flesh can do whatever it wants if there's not a renewed mind. Whatever it wants if there's not a renewed mind. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at Romans 12. I'm moving kind of quickly through this. 
But this is not the only time we'll preach this. This is a familiar verse. But here's what I have found studying the epistles. Is almost everywhere that you see a teaching about renewing the mind, changing the mind, you will always see before it something the believer has to do. I know there are people who say, well, I thought we were done with that. I thought we didn't have to do anything. That's why you don't have a renewed mind. Well, you know, Jesus did it all by grace. I have it all. I don't have to do anything. And that person will struggle. Grace is a fantastic, Lord, forgive me, that's not a good word. Grace is an amazing weapon. But it cannot do for you what you won't do. Grace is God's power and God's ability made available to you through what Jesus did. Every time you pick up the Word and read the Word, you're partaking of the grace of God. I have all the answers in the Word. So there's something I have to do. When you run into people saying, no, no, brother, there's nothing we need to do. Listen, they're teaching you to be weak and you need to run from them. You shouldn't believe that any more than you believe that late night telecommercial that says you don't have to exercise or eat right, just send in for this pill. And it's guaranteed you'll lose 50 pounds in a month. I hope, I hope that I've raised you better than that. I hope that you don't send in for that pill. I'm going to tell you how you lose weight. You shut this and you move this. When there's not so much going in here and there's more coming out here, I'm, I'm helping you. Glory to God. If you want to get smarter, what do you have to do? You have to read things. If you want to learn, you've got to get in the books and learn the subject. You're not going to learn to, you're not going to learn to conjugate verbs. You're not going to learn the times tables. You're not going to learn anything about anything. If you don't open the book, get on the internet, learn from somebody, you got to do something. But the end result of your doing is God says, because what you're doing is pleasing to me, the word of God is going to renew your mind. When you make the step and you make the effort, God meets you there. God will help you. Tell your neighbor, God will help you. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is, notice, your reasonable service. Amen. So notice what he says. Paul uses the word, I beseech you. In the Greek, it's the word, I beg you, I plead with you. So Paul's writing to believers again, I beseech you, brethren. And he's saying, I'm begging you by the mercies of God that what? You present your bodies a living sacrifice. Well, what does that mean? One translation says, your everyday living, eating, walking around bodies to God as a sacrifice. So that means every day when you get up, you've made the decision my body all day, my thoughts, my, 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 the, what I look at, what I say, what I hear, what I do, everything is a living sacrifice to God. Right? 
That's where it starts. I say that's where it starts. And then notice, and be not conformed. Now, wait a minute. And be not conformed is not applicable if I'm not presenting my body a living sacrifice. See, that, verse 1 is the mind renewal. Verse 2 tells you what will happen when you renew your mind. You won't be conformed to the world, but you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you do verse 1. Hallelujah. So it might be something you do verbally. Maybe you should. But you start your day, I present my body a living sacrifice today. I will not present my members as instruments of unrighteousness, but I'll present them as members of righteousness unto God. And the end result of that will be sin will not have dominion over me. Is that right? And what will happen? I won't be conformed to the world. Now, the world is not the blue marble that we live on. It's the spirit of the world. Hallelujah. You know, mo, 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 well, I'm not going to, I'll get into that next time. But it's the spirit of the world. The Amplified Bible says, make a decisive dedication of your body, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice to God. This is important. Because verse 2 tells me what the result of it will be. I'll not be conformed to this world. And the Amplified Bible says, any longer. But I'll be transformed. You would be surprised how little this mess, this, this, these verses are preached on. Just think really closely the last time that you turned on your favorite television preacher and they did a series on not being conformed to the world but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have a hard time remembering. Because it starts with, you got to do something. And let me tell you very plainly, the you got to do something message is not popular today. But I'm going to tell you, and, and y'all know this, especially if you've been married long, if you're going to have a good marriage, you're going to do something. You're going to not get angry. You're going to not argue. You're going to love each other. You're going to love your wife like Christ loves the church. You're going to submit to your husband. You're both going to walk in love. You're not going to let the sun go down on your wrath. You're going to forgive readily and freely. But who's going to do that? God can't forgive my wife for me. God can't forgive me for my wife. She's got to look at me and forgive me. She don't have much to forgive, ever. You see how she just, she's like. Tracy Brown. That's your favorite female pastor. Now, I'm almost done. Just bear with me, please. I got, amen? Nobody can do that for you. And so you begin to, what do you begin to do? Renew your mind that those things help make a good marriage. Right? Because, of the, well, the first thought is, how, how do I defend me? How do I, how do I make this easy on me? He's doing, she's doing, they're doing. 
And when God comes, he goes, what's your part? If I walk into your bathroom and your toilet is filthy, you didn't clean it. Is that right? Have you ever gotten somebody's car and it's a mess? And they apologize for their car like their car made itself dirty? I'm sorry about my car. It's not your car. It's you. Your car didn't go to McDonald's 15 times and throw all the packages in the back. All I'm saying is if your car's going to get clean, if you pull up here tonight in a detailed car that's sparkling, the, the wheels are dressed, it's vacuumed, it's clean and smelling good, you did that or you paid somebody to do that, but regardless, you did something. Cars don't clean themselves. Toilets don't clean themselves. Minds don't renew themselves. I got to renew my mind. I say, I got to renew my mind. So how do we do this? We do it by the power of the Spirit, the power of the Word, and the renewed mind. That's how I'm not conformed to this world. I, 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 I do it by the power of the Spirit, the power of the Word, and the power of the renewed mind. Hallelujah. That's why the, the Phillips translation says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. The world, the spirit of the world is always trying to squeeze you into a mold. Now, look at these last two verses. Let me show you something in Galatians 5. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what the Lord's going to have us ministering over the next few weeks, especially about releasing our authority. I, the Lord's helped me see some things. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, notice this. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Now, there are people, I've heard people say, well, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to crucify the flesh. The Bible just said you do. Now, now, think about this for a moment. How do I crucify the flesh? Renewing the mind. You, won't, you can't crucify the flesh if you don't renew your mind. Yeah, but I thought I died with Christ. I did. That's what Galatians 2.20 says. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. But here's what I want you to see. I was crucified with Christ. The old sin nature died on the cross. But I got to renew my mind to that to keep my flesh crucified. That's not how we think. Amen. Say, 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 say it out loud. I don't think flesh thoughts. I don't take flesh actions. I've been crucified with Christ in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. So we crucify the flesh. God doesn't do it for me. And th this is the answer. This, I'm closing with this. This is what I've taught for, for years. When Pastor Michelle and I first started the, the ministry, it would be 26 years ago this year, from the very beginning, we've had uh, substance abuse programs and a and, and, and number of years had them on site in the church. 
And what we always taught, what we always taught, we started square one. Number one, if you're not born again, that's your problem. Okay, number two, you're born again. We got to get you to see who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. This is something to be mindful of. The most effective secular recovery program in the world to date is Alcoholics Anonymous. Most successful. They have roughly, roughly a 27% success rate. At one point. But then you take a group like Teen Challenge that gets you built up on who you are in Christ. Teen Challenge, the last statistic I saw, they have roughly a 98% success rate. People say, well, the difference is people got saved. No. The difference is people renewed their mind. I say the difference is people renewed their mind. And so what will happen is people will come to church and they'll be struggling with things, and it's just what Pastor Michelle said today. And they'll think, why am I dealing with this, and why do I act this way? I've given you the answer this morning. You've got to renew your mind. Because, are, are you following me? Because, you know, you'll go to heaven with a renewed mind, but you'll live a life of defeat on the earth. Yeah, you'll go to heaven with an unrenewed mind, but you'll live a life of defeat on the earth. Not us. Not us. We're going to renew our minds. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I see it. Your mind is being renewed. Let's stand up, shall we? Praise the Lord. I believe you received something today.